Rediscover Christmas, and that's what we're going to do this year. And um, man, uh, to the worship team, I really, really enjoyed uh, that selection of songs this morning. And uh, just uh, so thankful for how it just seems to draw you into the true meaning of Christmas. Don't you think so? All right. I, okay, I got my work cut out for me here, all right? So, very good. Well, this morning, again, I want to thank you for joining us in person and for those joining us online. We want to say it's great to have everybody coming together, whether you're here in person or online, praising God and just be reminded of what Christmas is all about. So thank you so much for doing that. During this Advent season, we have been working on this theme of rediscovering Christmas. And, um, and last week, I reminded us that Advent is not just an extension of Christmas. It's not kind of a, here's Christmas and let's kind of add something to it, sort of on the end of it. But this is a season we call Advent that links the past to the present and reminds us of the future. And uh, so during Advent, we need to be reminded, and I said this last week, that it offers us an opportunity to share in that ancient longing that they had for so many years of the hopes that the Messiah would come. You and I can share in that, but this time we're sharing in the hopes of his second coming, his return. And we also have this Advent season to celebrate his birth and all that it means. And again, to be reminded, to be wakened up in some way about the fact that he's coming again, his second coming. Advent offers all of that to us. Advent helps us to look, at, look back and at the celebration of hope uh, and, and peace that we're going to talk about today in, in Jesus' coming. And at the same time, it should give you hope and peace and joy and love and kind of an eager anticipation of what Christ is yet to do, His coming again. And sometimes we get caught up in the day-to-day paying the bills, trying to get out of bed in the morning, get to work on time, and, and all those things. We get caught up in that, and we forget about the fact that God is working out a plan, and he has down through the ages, and Jesus' birth was a part of that, but yet his second coming is also a part of that, and we need to be anticipating that. So each week we've been putting, and I love how I put this, we've been putting the spotlight, isn't that great? We've been putting the spotlight on different attributes of God, and we're going to continue to do that. Last week we talked about how Jesus brings us hope. This week we're going to talk about peace and we're going to talk about joy and love. Each of these traits should help us to rediscover what Christmas is all about. And, and so I'm glad you're here today, as especially as we focus upon the subject of rediscovering peace. peace. Now when I think of the subject of peace, and if you have your Bibles, we're going to be We're going to be reading in just a moment. We're going to be reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. And we're going to read the story about the shepherds. And when I think about peace, man, oh man, that's what pops in my mind. It's the shepherds. And um, and so not only are we looking at sort of the different attributes of God, of what God offers us, the hope, the peace, the joy, the love, but we're also looking and taking this time to look at different characters that are mentioned within the Christmas story. And he see how these characters were a part of that very first Christmas and everything that unfolded. And so when you begin to look at the subject of peace, the character of the shepherds 
obviously has to be the first place that you go. And, um, and so when we think of peace and when we think of the Christmas story, we can't help but think of those lowly, uh, unassuming people who were out in the field that night and, and they were totally surprised by what happened. They were the most unlikely recipients of God's message of peace. And think about it. If you're a shepherd and you're out in the, in the dark of the night, you're trying to keep an eye on the sheep, you're watching out for wolves and everything else that's trying to destroy the sheep, and all of a sudden the sky fills up with the heavenly host. And they begin to deliver the greatest message of peace that you've ever heard. So let's look together in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20, that tells us about that night. Begin to read of verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And I love this. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And it makes it sound so simple, right? I bet you if an angel of the Lord appeared to you, you would be scared right out of your wits uh, in every way. But an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I would be too. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you so-so news. Does it say that? No, I bring you good news. That, you, that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, uh, David a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in manger. manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those whom his favor rests. As Pastor Andrew read this for us this morning earlier. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Well, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in, a ma- in the manger. And when they had seen them, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that had been heard and seen, which were just as had been told. And when I read that story, I, I think when the shepherds ran off, they must have left the angels in charge of the sheep, right? You wonder who was watching over the sheep when they left. But you know what? Great story. So when you think about the message of peace, you think about that great message that was given to the shepherds. And this whole experience that we just read about in Luke chapter 2 I'm going to ask myself, why the shepherds? You know, uh, if it's like our world today, you know, we kind of get those who are rich and famous. You know, uh, maybe back then they had some really famous Jewish people that could have been brought in who, you know, were, who, were, who were on the uh, sort of the scene at that time. They could have gone to them like we do today. You know, maybe they had their own Beyonce back then. Um, and you know what? In our world, likes to go to all the celebrities and all the politicians to, you know, when there's something to be announced. But God is not like that. God had a great message He wanted to deliver, and He went to the lowly shepherds. He went to those who were completely unexpecting. They were unassuming guys, 
And when I began to think about that, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this this morning, I really think God was pulling together some biblical threads that need to be pulled together. First of all, when I began to study this, and again, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, when I think of why he went to the shepherds, I think, first of all, the shepherds remind us of the patriarchs of Israel and, and long ago. The early patriarchs were shepherds. They were nomadic uh, uh, people. They roamed. They were roaming ranchers of the ancient world. The greatest of them was Abraham. And, of course, through Abraham, he was the original recipient of God's first message, his covenant that he gave, and that through Abraham, he would bless the rest of the world. And that message carried on, that promise carried on through Abraham's ancestors, Isaac, Jacob, and beyond. So when I think of why did God choose shepherds who probably were stinky, dirty, you know, maybe not the most educated, except when it came to shearing sheep, um, why did God choose? I think he was reminding the people that even their greatest king was first a shepherd before he became a king. That was David. So in our world today, we would have maybe thought of all these other popular people and politicians, but back then, for this most holy event, no, no uh, famous people were invited to come to the stable. None of them were invited to, to kneel there in the dirt on that holy ground within that stable and to witness the arrival of the Messiah except the shepherds. Second thing I think of why God chose the shepherds is not only to tie together that thread about how uh, their ancestry, but also the shepherds, um, these shepherds I think also signify for us about Jesus' future ministry and his teaching. As a matter of fact, in the New Testament, we're reminded that Jesus is the, the great shepherd. He's the one who cares for his sheep, and that analogy carries out through the New Testament. Sheep might have, been, have, might have been lowly animals, but they were very special animal in the Jewish tradition, Jewish custom and culture. The Passover lamb was the sacrifice uh, of an ancient Jew that they would make on their most important uh, event in their life. The blood of that sheep was the atonement for a person's sin. The cost that had to be paid to restore a person to God was through that sheep. And each time that a sheep was sacrificed, this was a sacrifice that was to remind us of the original Passover and how God originally rescued his people from Egypt and that great exodus that happened. So when we think about why did that message come to the shepherds, I think he was trying to really point us and show us what his, what his, what his life is going to be about. He came to reach the sheep, especially the lost sheep. He came to be that sacrifice, that lamb that takes away the sin of the world, the scripture talks about. You and I know that Jesus, when he entered into this world, he came to fulfill something that was promised long before he came physically. Jesus was to be the ultimate sacrifice. He is to be the ultimate payment for our sins. Even today as a church, we're trying to remind people that as we live our lives, we need to be reminded that Jesus came to show us the way. His death did away with the need for all the sacrificial uh, lambs that were being sacrificed up to that time. His resurrection has given us the power 
to make it possible for us to relive in a right relationship with God, his life, Jesus' life, made it possible to experience true peace. Or as the scriptures say, shalom in Hebrew. And so we need to realize that as we talk about peace today and we rediscover peace, when God spoke to the shepherds, he was pulling the whole package together. He was helping us to begin to realize about where they have come from, what his ministry was going to be about, and really what it's still about today. Now, all of that is great, but how does that interact with us today? I want to share with you three other insights very quickly about why we should pay attention to the shepherds and that message of peace that they, they received that night. Because like us today, peace sometimes is hard to find. We have families that are fighting and scrapping. We have uh, marriages that are on the rocks. We have um, people who are estranged from one another. And we have chaos in the workplace. We have chaos in so many different places. It's gut-wrenching. It really is to see how there's a lack of peace. So from the shepherds, we can learn three things. I'm going to give them to you. And I think these are, should be encouraging to you. First of all, peace comes in the midst of our storms. Think about it. How does your Christmas typically go? If uh, you're like most of us, matter of fact, in, in some ways, I kind of see this as a positive this year with the pandemic. It, there is a positive, all right? Is that it has caused us to, to, to cut out so much and to cut back and really begin to think about what it's all about. And, but typically, our Christmas are very chaotic. We're very busy. It's hectic. It's frantic. And that oftentimes describes our lives, probably not just at Christmas, but all year round. And we live oftentimes with overloaded schedules that rob you and rob me of peace. And we have, as I said already, we've got relational conflict. We've got pressures at work. We've lost maybe our jobs. Maybe we have an illness. You name it. There are all kinds of storms that could be brewing in your life and in my life. But I want to remind you today that peace comes in the midst of those storms. And for many of us, we think peace is a long way off. We think peace is a good idea. You know, if you, if you, those uh, beauty uh, pageants they used to hold, they would ask the contestants, and what would you like to see? And they would always say, I'd like to see peace, you know, world peace. Um, and... Um, and everyone kind of laughs like you just did, and you think, well, boy, that's never going to happen. You know? And so we think it's a good idea. Peace is a good idea, but it just doesn't happen, especially during the holidays. This morning, maybe that's where you find yourself. Let me encourage you today by reminding you that Jesus shows up in the storms of life. Jesus shows up in those moments that threaten your peace. Jesus shows up in those moments that tries to rob you of your joy. Jesus shows up and shows you love when sometimes we live in a loveless world. And so when everyone is walking out, Jesus is walking in. And he says, let me bring something to your life that you can't discover any other place. That is peace. And so this morning I want to encourage you. If you have a storm going on in your life, be reminded that's what Jesus came to do on that first Christmas, is to bring peace. 
And he spoke that peace to the shepherds. It's in the midst of the storm where God appears. This is where the Christ child is born. It's in the storm that he's born. This is where the angels show up. And the heavenly multitude proclaim that peace. It's in the midst of a very difficult time. It was in the midst of Israel's darkest night under Roman oppression. It was during centuries of suffering and wondering where the people for years, and don't miss this, the people for years cried out, God, if you're real, where are you? You ever heard that? People today are saying the same thing. God, if you're so real, where are you? But it was in the midst of all of that, that on that night, to the lowly shepherds, Jesus appeared. He says, I come to give you peace. Amidst the oppression and the darkness. It was at a time when the world was turned upside down. And a young Jewish couple by the name of Mary and Joseph, they have not only were they sort of the central figures in all this, they still had to navigate their own private lives in the midst of all the things that were happening. Mary and Joseph, in the midst of the heavenly events that were unfolding, they still had to navigate their normal life realities. They still had to pay their dues as they traveled from one province to the other. Maybe that's coming for us. Who knows, eh? With the pandemic, we may have to pay dues to go from one... I probably shouldn't say that out loud. They're probably like, that's a great idea. Let's, let's write that down. But Mary and Joseph, they had to do that. Uh, Mary and Joseph, they had to experience childbirth for the first time far away from home. And I was thinking about this. They didn't have the support of the other women around them. They didn't have the support of midwives that they used back then. And Mary had to go through that painful process by herself. Think about it. If you were in her shoes, that's not a very good situation. So some people say, well, Mary and Joseph, they had it easy. Did they really? Think about it. Mary and Joseph were a part of this great message of peace, but it's when their own private lives were in the middle of all this chaos. But yet peace was coming to the birth of a child. And being first-time parents, not only uh, did they have the joys and wonders and fears and responsibilities of their very first son, can you imagine if you were saying, it's not just your first son, you're actually having God's son. No pressure. Don't worry about it. Mary and Joseph, in the midst of all that, they really had to come to grips with the fact that where was God in the midst of all that? He was there in the midst of the storm. So this morning, in all of your circumstances, and all of your struggles, I want to remind you, this is where God shows up. When you think religion is cheap and Christianity is cheap, it's far from it. God has shown down through the century that he shows up and he brings peace, especially when we find that we're in the midst of the storm. And I don't know every hardship you're facing today. I don't know the, the pressures you're going through, and I don't need to know. Not that I don't care, but God knows. He cares. And he's bringing peace to calm your heart. And it brings me to the second point. It's a peace that defies circumstances. That first Christmas delivered a peace that is able to defy our circumstances. And some people will say to me, well, Pastor, all of that sounds lovely. That's just great. All right? 
Uh, that's great for you to say. That's great. It sounds nice. Uh, and, and maybe here this morning you might be thinking that, or online you might be thinking that as well. And you're thinking, well, pastor, that's wonderful. But you don't know how much it hurts. You don't know how much pain I'm going through right now. And again, I want you to know God can give you a peace that defies your circumstances. There is a peace that is deeper than your circumstances. There is a peace that goes far deeper than all of your circumstances. It defies your circumstances. It's probably one of the messages that came out when Jeff and Sandra Moon recently shared their testimony here a few weeks ago about losing their two children in their car accident. A part of me just said, I just can't fathom that. And I heard Jeff and Sandra and they're actually our online host uh, for our live stream. But I heard Jeff and Sandra talk about God giving them a peace in the midst of that tragedy. And, and many of us are thinking, how can, you, how, can you, how can you have a peace when something that tragic has happened? God gives us a peace that is not cheap. It is a peace that defies our circumstances. You may think you have so much hurt and so much pain that you can never find peace. That's not true. God goes deeper than all of those circumstances, like he did for Jeff and Sandra, and he can do for us today. And when he does that, it's real. It's healing. And when God gives you that kind of peace that defies circumstances, it's a peace that mends your heart so you stop being wounded over and over and over again. It brings healing. How many people today are still fighting with family, over an incident maybe happened 20 years ago, 10 years ago, two days ago, I don't know. And that wound keeps opening up. God's peace is able to bring a healing that defies circumstances. The Apostle Paul, I think, really said it well when he said in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. What? How can I rejoice always? Don't you know the pain I have? He can say that because he has a peace that defies circumstances. He knows what that peace is all about. So he says, rejoice in the Lord always, and I'll say it again in case you don't believe me the first time. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And here it is. And the peace of God, right there, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let me encourage you today. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, this peace that God offers can defy your circumstances. This peace can go deeper than your hurts, go deeper than your questions, and go deeper than your doubts. And again, I don't understand it. If you ask me to write a position paper and say, well, listen, can you write a position paper, two pages, that helps me to really grasp this? I don't know. Maybe. But I don't pretend to fully understand everything about it. The same way I don't fully understand how God works through prayer. But he does powerfully. And so this morning, if you have circumstances that you think you'll never overcome, it's only as you put your faith in Jesus that he'll give you a peace that defies your circumstances and helps you to be victorious. And finally this morning, I want to remind us that peace 
is not in possessions. Peace is not in getting the right position or climbing the corporate ladder. Peace is found in a person. In a person. And so this Christmas, I want to remind you that that person is Jesus. It comes all back to a person. The peace that we're looking for in our lives, we try to find it by buying the right car or buying the right furniture or if I can wear the right clothes and if I got the right tag um, it shows you how you know I've got these fancy pants or whatever they may be we think if I could just wear the right things if I could have just the right shoes or boots man I'll be the cat's meow and I'll have peace you know but it doesn't come in any of that folks it doesn't come in possessions or positions it doesn't climb, come and, and all of that. It comes when you connect with Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace. Peace is a person. Peace is Jesus. Ephesians 2.14, the Apostle Paul said, For he himself is our peace. Are you looking for peace? Like the song says, are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Are you looking for peace in all the wrong places? Some of us are. And long before his arrival on earth, the prophet Isaiah called Jesus the Prince of Peace, as Pastor Andrew read this morning. And that from Isaiah 9, 6-7. And this child that was born and was uh, pro prophesied long before Eve was even born, I hope you notice that, that this child that was born, that was given to us, he gives us the power and the ability to have peace in our life, that peace would rule in our personal lives. He is the bringer of peace between us and God. He is the sacrificial one, the sacrificial lamb who gives us life. Jesus is the true shalom, the Hebrew word for peace. So this morning, this Christmas, we want you to rediscover peace. Peace is found in the middle of your storm. Peace that God gives is not cheap, it defies circumstances, and you oftentimes can't explain it, but he can give you a peace that passes all understanding. But more than anything, peace is a person. It's a relationship with Jesus. We're not talking about cold, dead religion. We're not talking about having some kind of intellectual thing you know, I don't want you to check your brains at the door when you go to church, but I don't want you to think that church is just about being intellectual and trying to discover ancient manuscripts. This faith that we sing about, we talk about, we raise our hands about, it's about having that relationship with a person, the Prince of Peace, the giver of life. Jesus is the God who comes to us. He offers us this invitation during this Advent season. He says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, and I, want, and I want to extend this to you today. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This Christmas, and especially after just an incredible year here in 2020, the greatest thing I could say to you this morning 
It's not about coming to church. I love it when you're here to church, or I love it when you join us online. The greatest thing I can say to you is come to Jesus. Let him begin to wash over your life. Let him begin to give you a peace that defies circumstances. Let me encourage you to look to the Prince of Peace. Don't look to me. Don't look to other people. They'll always let you down. But look to the Prince of Peace. Let him begin to sweep over you. Begin to become like the shepherds who worshipped that night and heard the greatest message there was and they believed it. And because of that, they got to experience the greatest thing in history, the birth of a Messiah. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, I close with this. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. Let's stand together in closing. Heavenly Father, this morning, I want to thank you for reminding us that for many of us, we need to rediscover peace. And we think it's something that we can never actually have in our life. But that's a lie. We can have a peace that passes all understanding. And it doesn't come, Lord, from the world. It comes from you. And so, Father, right now, for every family, every person that's listening online or here in person this morning, I'm asking you, God, to help us to realize this Christmas that it's all about you, Jesus. You are the Prince of Peace. And if we have chaos and pain and hurt and uncertainty and fear and all those things that are dominating our lives, Lord, help us to realize it's not about the wrappings of Christmas and all the tinsel and the things. It's about you, Jesus, as a person, the Prince of Peace. Father, today, help us to really lean into you and begin to surrender to you and let you begin to show us your peace. And so, Lord, right now, I pray in particular, if there's someone today who maybe even doubts this, maybe they doubt that they'll ever have peace, I'm asking you, Lord, to defy their circumstances and wash over them with peace this very hour, this very day. And we thank you, Lord. Help us to rediscover this Christmas, that peace that really makes life worth living. And we give you all the praise as we lean into you, Jesus, this day. Amen. Amen. Amen.